Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Episode number two with Bobby Livesey slash CPA slash CPA. Certified public accountant. When did you get your certified public accountancy designation? 1997. Really? Mm-hmm. So did you study? Were you an accounting major at uh, UK? So it, it goes back. I was the. Uh, if, if you've got time for this, I, got a I don't. Story. We don't. Right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it goes back to I was the only sophomore in accounting class in my high school. So in my senior year, they they create a class for just for me to take, uh, and then I, I I follow along all through college as, a, as an accounting major. So, and yeah. then you sat. Then you went to where'd you go to work for after? Just out of, out of school, I went mm-hmm. to Coopers and Library, which is the currently the Price Waterhouse Coopers mm-hmm. kind of deal. At the time, was it a big five? Was there big five? Six. It was six at the time. Now six. there's what three, uh, four maybe. Big four. Yeah, I don't know. I always find that fascinating. Yeah. So you did. You did. What'd you do there? Audit or corporate or uh, audit? Ugh. Yeah, audit. And was fortunately on the Lexmark audit, which kept me in town. Didn't do a lot of traveling, but mm. but in that situation, you you generally will audit cash, and you don't get a a big picture. And so that's sort of what kind of took me away from that. It was just. I, I wanted to see more of a big picture, and so that when I left there, I went to be a controller for a small software company here in town. And your father was a CPA. He was a CPA. Yeah, he was CPA, and he worked for Jim Host um, for twenty eight, yeah, twenty eight plus years. For those of you who don't know, that is a media mogul here in Lexington, Host Communications. Host Communications, and and uh, and on the side, he he kept. Um, Probably eighty to ninety tax clients that that Jim would uh, allowed him to kind of work in the evenings and on weekends, and so during tax season he'd uh, he'd have a bunch of clients come to the house and pick up their stuff. And the following April, Andy did tax returns for half the guards at Shawshank. And, uh, so anyway, when we would get started, he the brought, original side hustle, the original uh, OG. He he had that going. Wait, uh, original OG. That's redundant. Anyways, go on. Year after that, he did them all. Including the wardens. He, uh, yeah, so he had that going, and uh, and then in two thousand four ish, we started talking about him bringing his tax stuff, and then I'd get a uh, an accounting client out of that a little bit, and then so we sort of we built it from scratch, but it took a, took a while and took some time to kind of run the runway. Year after that, they rescheduled the start of the intramural season to coincide with tax season. The guards on the opposing teams all remembered to bring that W twos. I love that. Right. So in the family, I mean, we have a lot in common when it comes to that. So you know, runs in the blood. Then you started a business. You've gone through the ups and downs, built this thing from nothing, and now you have a successful practice here in Lexington, serving many folks. Uh, where does your practice extend to, as far as ge- geographic? Do you, do you limit to Kentucky? I know there's some clients we've sent you from different areas, but yeah. do, do, are you a variety all over the country, or primarily here in Central Kentucky? Uh, I'm- Primarily in in Kentucky, we've got a, so we've got some clients that have have been in Georgia, um, in Tennessee, um, in, in a few other states. We, I mean, from a tax standpoint, we we've got some California clients. We've got several clients in several other states. So it's it's not uh, not that's not foreign to us. But our our accounting stuff that's more centrally located. Great. Well, we appreciate having you um, on the podcast, and we'll look forward to 
to bringing you on more to talk tax uh, when it you know kind of comes around. It's so nice to have a uh, to have someone who is basically in the profession that we can kind of you know call on and and discuss these things. So we'll be doing that. And obviously, as you did in the last episode, you you bring a, a tremendous amount of value. So. We're going to go to, oh my goodness, is it Tori? Yeah, Tori, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, my name is Tori from Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the road from you guys. My husband and I are physical therapists, and I love hearing your athletic success and encouragement for the DIY money fans to lead an active and healthy lifestyle. As we all know, it is tax season. My husband and I are anticipating a tax return this year. I am 27 years old with no kids and $30,000 of student loan debt that I have funds set aside to pay off this July. I am interested to hear your strategies to maximize our earnings with our tax return. I know you have talked about allocating funds into Series I bonds. I am interested to hear other options for long-term investing. Thanks for all that you do. We hope to hear from you soon. All right, Tori, thanks so much for that question right up the road in Cincinnati. I do want to give a little bit of update, though, because a couple of weeks ago I talked about how I had just failed miserably in a half marathon in Vegas. I just, I mean, I added 20 minutes from a PR like two months ago. It was awful. It was just oh. bad. But, but this morning, when I saw you actually driving afterwards, I ran a uh, 750, six uh, and a half mile uh, loop. Super loop! And a good clip, and I'm very, very happy about that. I'm ready to go. So what? what is your PR? Is it 140-ish? 139. One th- 139. Okay. You broke the 140. I did break the 140. That was my ultimate nice. goal. That's DIY great. money folks know that that was my nemesis. And yeah. I broke it in Purdue, Indiana. And then two months later, I went to Nevada and laid an egg. What do you, what do you count that to? The Nevada one? Yeah. The, Las the, Vegas? The, the I'm, I mean... I have had a lot of jokes saying, well, you should have stayed away from the bar and the, the gamble. <laughs> I did none of that, actually. Uh, I went out there strictly to run the race. It was an evening race. They kind of they market this running the strip. Was it night. 108 degrees? No, no. It was actually very cold. Uh, it, was, it, was, oh, wow. it was good running conditions. Yeah. It was a little windy, but I bonked. I think if I were to, to really study it, which I won't, but afternoon and evening running for me, there's something about my glycogen levels after eating a couple meals that when it drops, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to pass out. Like, it's bad. Oh, wow, yeah. So I did five to six miles at a decent clip, and then I bonked, and I had had a goo, which is like a, you know, whatever, just like it sounds, gooey nonsense. I took it, and it pushed me through maybe another mile. And, I mean, I was I could barely get through it. I felt like I was going to pass. It was awful. It was bad, bad. But I, it's behind me. It's behind me. No more. What do you do? Are you an active person? In my, uh, I, I grew up a very active person, but I'll tell you what. Once I got into the work world, that, that, took, that fell off for, well, me, for me. So Daniel bicycles. Does he? He cycles. <clears throat> uh, Logan is trying to find himself when it comes to that. He likes to play volleyball. I think he joined his softball league. He's, you know, he's a competitive badminton player, things like that. Um, I run, so you're gonna. Uh, we need to know. Yeah, the, the short walk with my dog and my wife in the evenings is is about as active as I get these days, especially during tax is season. Is it a little dog? It's a thirty pound. It's a miniature, not miniature, but a, a, it's a. Uh, um, Do you carry the little bag when he when he puts the poop on there? I always yeah, find it. Yeah. I don't have a dog, so when I see like grown men walking a little dog with a little bag of poop, 
I always think that's <laughs> we, we, very humbling. We carry our little bags with us, and and oh, uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's kind of a miniature golden, if you okay. will. Yeah, I I won't say it because it's not appropriate. But uh, <laughs> I heard a comedy skit the other day, and the guy was pretending to be a poodle, and he the poodle was like, "Now who? Like what? <laughs> I'll let it. I'll leave it right there. Uh, anyways, let's go back uh, to Tori. Yeah, let's go back to Tori. So, Tori, um, great question. Appreciate it. When I sent it to Bobby in preparation for today, he goes, uh, this is more like an investing question. I don't think this is in my wheelhouse. And I said, I disagree because while I'm going to address her specific question, because this year has passed and she's going to get, I presume she meant a refund. Uh, I'm assuming she obviously is going to have to file the return regardless. And she said return, but I think she was meaning refund. And that is, why do you have a refund? Basically, you have given the IRS a tax-free loan of your money for the entirety of the year, which means that's money that you could have been putting away, investing, paying down debt, etc. all throughout the year. You were not. And now, yes, you're going to get it back in one lump sum, but I would question, especially being a, a physical therapist with the, you know, quote, professional dollars that you and your husband are going to be bringing in, uh, the refund to begin with. So, Bobby, when you meet with somebody and you find out that you know they've got a pretty sizable refund coming, uh, I mean, and they go, "Well, that's great, but I don't necessarily want to give a tax-free ref- uh, loan to the government." What? What do you? How do you handle that? What do you look at? Yeah, we uh, we've we've got a lot of clients that that honestly that's their saving mechanism, and so we try to. Try to shift the, the maybe the perspective a little bit to as you mentioned, it's a, t- a tax free loan to the government, and and and, uh, and then at that point, if you were going to do some savings or do some investing, it, when you get that back, you're buying it all at that one time, I guess, which is as you you'd probably share may not be as advantageous as buying it incrementally over the course of the year, but but we would be looking and talking to again if if uh, Tori, if you are a business owner and you own this practice with your husband, or if you are a W two employee, the the approach may be different. Different in that scenario because of just the different tax situations, but either way, we would be looking to, to discussing um, uh, reducing what you're sending in, either quarterly estimates, as we've talked about with our previous uh, uh, question, but um, or we, we go into your HR office and say, hey, I, you know, I need to have less taken out, and and uh, uh, so that when you get to the end of the year, you don't have it, and then you've got the money in your account each month, and then you're asking the same question, but it's with your money, not the government's money given back. Yeah, and I might have said tax-free, which was wrong. Interest-free is really what I meant to say, and exactly what Bobby's referring to. Now, I get it. You might say, well, that's money. It was out of sight, out of mind, and the psychology is it's out of sight, out of mind. The IRS has it, and then at the end of the year, we get this nice big fat check. But again, the reality is that they've held on to this money all year, and they're not going to give you a penny more than you paid in. Not a cent. So even if somebody is not in the investment world, like, I don't want to risk it, no problem. Buy a high, you know, own, own a, a, a money market or a high interest savings account or something like that. Max out your 401k if you haven't already. Well, sure. I mean, we'll go through the steps in a moment, no mm-hmm. question. But just take the amount of refund you're going to get back and calculate 4%. And that's oh, what sure. you missed out on doing that. 
So, Tori, the the first thing I would say, again, going back to what Bobby just mentioned is, and I like this because I didn't think about the two angles. If it's if it's self employment and you own the practice and you and your husband are doing this and it's quarterlies, maybe the reality is uh, going into you know the accountant's office and saying, look, we're paying in too much. If you're a W two employee, HR or maybe just the same accounting person and say, hey, what do mm-hmm. we need to adjust here? Now, what will happen? Well, immediately your paycheck's going to be greater, <laughs> right? You've now no longer deferred the payment to you. Your paycheck is going to be up by the amount that you now are getting as opposed to giving to the IRS. Well, in that instance, we got to follow the basic DIY money steps, which you know, setting up the fast, making sure you have the fast cash, making sure you have the emergency fund, and then sort of allocating, you know, thereafter accordingly. But when it comes back to you're going to get this big check and, uh, you know, you're getting this refund and and necessarily what to do with it, this is it. If Daniel was sitting in the seat, and I'm sure, I'm sure Bobby would say the same thing, is it's a holistic picture. It's not, where do I go with this money, I bonds or saving, you know, et cetera. You've, you've allocated money, it sounds like, to your, saving, uh, to your student loans, which is great. I would pay that off all but $10,000 because it looks like if the administration gets their way, $10,000 would be forgivable. Uh, do you know if that will be taxable, how that will go? Do you know anything about that? Generally, debt forgiveness is taxable, but I've not heard specifically that they, they may make some some provisions, provisions yeah. for this. But I think June, I've heard, maybe is a, a time frame when there's some further information on it. It would be interesting. So nonetheless, I would until you, we have real clarification there, pay off 20 of the 30, that kind of thing. But the reality is you mentioned you're young, and we didn't hear anything about any other goals Buying a house, you know, kids, I mean, any of that stuff. So I think that where does this money go goes back into the dialogue of what are the goals. This is a good time. You're two professionals. This is a good time to either start figuring this stuff out yourself, engaging with an advisor. I mean, this is the, when we talk about the wealth development program through Jewel Financial, like you're the type of person we are communicating with on a weekly basis. So, hey, you're right up in the, I mean, this is a, I'm giving a free plug here, but, or this is a selfish plug, but you're right up the road in Cincinnati. I think you need to be hitting Jewel Financial up for the wealth development program. But maybe you have somebody, maybe you know somebody up there, but this is a good opportunity to sort of look at a holistic picture and say, okay, this is what we're saving for. And if it needs to be accessible in the next five years, then yeah, maybe I bonds or maybe treasuries or maybe a money market. If it's long term, maybe it's, Depending on your income, additional Roth savings. Maybe it's, you know, as Bobby said, if you're not maxing out your 401k. So there's a lot there. It's not just about where can I park money right now. It's a bigger holistic question that you need to address. What else would you, I think, Bobby, in this situation talk about from somebody uh, that is asking a question like this? They got a sizable refund. What else could you add? I know I stole your thunder. I added a lot myself. <laughs> but is there anything else you would think of? Well, just to uh, again, when we see this, it's usually people that that this is their way of savings, and and so to try to build in incrementally each month and just get away from the lump sum, um, once a year kind of savings, and and build in whether it's emergency fund savings and a separate savings account that they can kick some of that money into, but but stay in control of their their funds as much as they can, rather than letting the IRS 
as we talked about, hold on to it and then give it give it back. Oh, you almost had me. But you cannot declare offshore investment losses against future capital gains. Any child knows that. <laughs> now, I will say psychologically, what if they're terrible savers? I don't think that's the case. Most of our DIY listeners sure. are not. Well, in some ways, this is a way of protecting themselves, too. So, right. so yeah, yeah, each person's different. And that's sort of as if we're talking with clients, we, we, we kind of ask those questions to understand what they're good at and what they're not. And the psychology. Exactly. I, I share with people, I'm a big budgeter. I, I Obviously, I believe in tracking expenses, building a budget. But some people are just not wired that way at all. Like, not even in a marriage, there's not one person. Both of them are like, nope, don't want to do that. And they make good money. They may not go into debt, but they just, they're not going to track expenses. As simple as that. Well, what I share with them is then you got to pay yourself off the top and, and aggressively. Like if at the end of the month, you estimate that you have an extra $1,000, then at the beginning of the month or every pay period, if it's every two weeks, you need to sock $500 away. Like immediately, it needs to go out of there, and then you spend the rest, right? That, that, so there's hacks, there's life hacks that can be done, uh, and this is true not just in, you know, not just in uh, finances. This is true with anything, you know, life hacks. Sure. David, I mentioned David Goggins a couple episodes. I'll mention him again because I use this life hack, and that is when I wake up like on a Saturday morning, I run 12 miles, and my body goes you don't want to run 12 miles. This is going to be awful. And I say to myself, and it's a hack. I go, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go out and run three miles and then I'll just, I'll run it. I'll, I'll just do three miles. Like, and then my body immediately goes, mm-hmm. well, we can do three. And then immediately when I get out there, I'm ready to go the distance. Yeah. The, Crazy. The, just getting started is half the battle in, in, oh, in, in yeah. a lot of these things. Absolutely. All right, Tori, that was a great question. Hopefully we provided some value. I, I know it wasn't necessarily the answer you were looking for, but I would summarize, I don't think it's great to pay the IRS an interest-free loan. And then secondly, this is a great opportunity to start looking at a a bigger picture plan and what you're doing with your resources going forward. Thanks again, Bobby. Bobby, you're my boy. Thanks for having me. We'll we'll absolutely have you back. I think you absolutely uh, make the grade and, and you are our first DIY money expert that we will call in on our podcast when we get tax question. So if you have a tax question, what better way to get it answered and get $25 Amazon gift card? Send us those questions at podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.